Welcome to the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Jones, and joined as always with Gabby Hyduk and Josh Peach. Josh, I haven't talked to you in like two weeks since right before the Ohio State game. You went home uh, for the rest of the semester, but I miss you dearly. How are you doing? Yeah, I miss, I miss you too, Brendan. Believe me, it's been a rough couple of weeks not seeing you. I'm good. I'm just grinding uh, down in Naperville. I'm uh, working, watching some pathetic Illini sports. And so, you know. <laughs> as good as they can get yeah do you miss me anyway so you're not gonna ask how i'm doing <laughs> oh well yeah i was gonna ask that's why i was gonna ask that gabby how you doing i'm doing well i just got back from chicago i was up saturday covering the northwestern game that's nice i really saw lovey's last saw it with my own two eyes in person lovey's last stint with Illinois yeah I feel blessed to be a part of that so for those who don't know uh this is a Sunday evening we're recording this this morning um Illinois Athletics released that they had fired head coach Lovey Smith from the football team um next week they'll be playing Penn State Rod Smith will be the interim head coach for that game for the last game of the season uh Lovey ended his Illinois tenure with a 17 and 39 overall record um only going 10 and 33 in the Big Ten um, and finished this year two and five um, with this weird season that is the COVID season. Um, very disappointing from what people's original hopes are. Louis Smith had a lot of success in the NFL, um, most notably with the Bears, uh, taking them to the Super Bowl, taking them to a couple of NFC championships, d- division titles, stuff like that. Um, it never really solidified at Illinois in the last five years. Um, a lot of loss, a lot of you know, bad coaching moments. Um, a lot of times where Illinois football left you to desire more. Um, but obviously it's sad. Lovey's a good guy. Um, you know, he, he, I feel like he has the best intentions of everybody in his, in his head. So it's sad to see him go, but I think we all agree that it was time for Illinois to move on um, from Lovey Smith. Uh, Josh, when you woke up this morning, what was your first reaction after seeing uh, the reports? Uh, I was pretty happy, honestly. Really? I thought after the Iowa game, that he should be gone. That was pretty much it for me. And I know that Josh Whitman says earlier today that that's, it was after that game that he made the decision too. So I definitely have a lot of respect for Josh and all this. I think that he's doing a really good job, but uh, you know, I think you hit on it, Brendan. Lovey's a really, really good guy, high character guy. Josh Whitman said he was all class when he heard the news. I just think that he didn't reach his full potential here because I don't think that he was able to evaluate the talent uh, of the guys in state well enough because he didn't do a good enough job recruiting there. He didn't get enough wins. He didn't win in the big 10. Like you said, 10 wins in the big 10 is definitely not enough uh, for five years here. So again, good guy, good NFL coach, but I don't think that Illinois was the right fit for him. Yeah, most definitely. Josh Whitman had that press conference. Both of you guys were on that. Josh Whitman, my third favorite Josh. Um, he did, he did well today. I think he, he answered the right questions. He, he, he did what he needed to do. Obviously, it's never hard for an AD to, especially in college, to, to fire a, a coach when the season's not over yet. I'm sure that even if he came to that decision uh, right after Iowa, I'm sure he wanted to wait until, you know, the end of the season to give him that. But I think after their performance yesterday, um, it's just a little too much. And I think last year at the end of last season, we were all kind of debating, oh, man, like maybe Lovey bought himself until the end of the contract. I think really what it was with this season was that not only was there no progress, um, there was kind of a regression, especially because we we thought, you know, this offense 
was going to be, you know, something special this year. We, we thought with all that talent, with all the um, veteran leadership on that offense that, you know, they, they, they put something together. Um, we saw in the first game with Brandon Peters, that didn't happen, but that's against a huge Wisconsin defense. But then Brandon Peters was out a few weeks. Um, just really no identity for the first half of the season. Brandon Peters' first full start, he plays, you know, phenomenal, but then kind of drops a, a dud against Iowa. And then again, when you have your offense at the full potential, um, you're just not good against Northwestern. Um, your backup quarterback is arguably better for the team than, than Brandon Peters is. Um, so it's just tough. I think that was really the last straw um, for Josh Whitman and the rest of the, the, the higher levels with, with Illinois football is just that even when, you know, you put your, your best offense out there, they just weren't that good. I mean, it kind of was just like a culmination of what Illinois football has been the past five seasons. So it was tough to see, um, but definitely wish best uh, for Lovey down the line. Yeah, I think the big thing is Josh Whitman said in the press conference that he made the decision after the Iowa game. It wasn't like because of the Iowa game. It wasn't like one specific game, but that, you know, this season he had just been researching really hard into the program and what the program's done and, you know, reassessing what he wanted when he first hired Lovey and reassessing what has happened since then. And I, I think the biggest thing for me, Brendan, you mentioned the offense, but I think Lovey like prided himself on his defensive mind and he didn't hire a defensive coordinator and he's been running the defense the past couple of years and the defense has not lived up to any sort of potential. Yes, they're good at takeaways and yes, that's why they've won some games over the years. And I think you, as much as takeaways are great and having that culture in a defense is great that can't be the only way you can win. Like if you get three turnovers, that's the only way you can win. That's not plausible in the big 10 or in college football in general. And I think the biggest, uh, like the biggest thing I see, I look at Wisconsin, this Wisconsin game that we played earlier in the season, 45 to seven, right? Obviously Wisconsin's defense is really good, but to let 45 points go, Wisconsin scored 45 points in the last couple games. Wisconsin has scored seven, six and seven points. If that's not like a real indicator of how bad this Illinois defense really is, I, I don't know what is. And to think that that was um, Graham Mertz's first game, like it just says a lot kind of about where this defense was at. And I think there's more talent on the offensive end. And that's definitely been the more disappointing end this season, I would say, just because for obviously besides the whole Brandon Peters thing, um, you've had a lot of your offense healthy, especially your weapons, you know, your skill players. It's just the fact that this defense has not grown and there's not great recruiting in state with defense. There's, I mean, you're, your highest recruit in how many years in Marquez Beeson hasn't progressed much or hasn't even been on the field that much. Like it just, Lovey hasn't grown these players enough. And when he claims to be this defensive mind and, you know, that's his big like thing that he brought here and you're letting a Wisconsin team put up 45 points. So obviously not just Wisconsin, it's, you know, Iowa, um, Minnesota who had been really bad the couple of weeks before you played them. It's just, I think it's a real indicator of just why this hasn't worked. And it's, it's upsetting. I mean, I liked Lovey. Like I thought, I think he's a great guy and I think he had the potential to be a really good coach. 
but it starts at the recruits and he never had that. And I thought he would. And me, this is something I've actually talked a lot about with my dad, like being a successful NFL coach, you think he could make that pitch to parents and players. Like I know what it takes to get you to the NFL. seems like that was really never the case. And I think that's the biggest thing is if you don't have that depth of talent, when you have injuries or especially this year with COVID, that's a game changer. Everyone was dealing with COVID and injuries this year. Like everybody dealt with that this year and other programs still found ways to succeed. To uh, add on to the defense, Gabby, like you're saying, the defense just hasn't progressed. And part of the reason that I think that is, is because lovey has been very open about the fact that they don't practice tackling, uh, you know, as nearly as often as anyone else does. And if you want to avoid injuries, that's fine. But this isn't the NFL. When lovey had those talented NFL teams that were elite defenses in the NFL, and if he didn't uh, practice tackling. I can't say he did. I can't say he didn't. Those are guys that have gotten through college that were first, second, third round picks. That's a lot different than when you have, you know, two, three, maybe a four-star guy in practice. Um, my dad is a head cross country coach at Glombard East and he's best friends at, with one of the football coaches in a couple of years. I think it was last year, actually, they got to go down to Illinois and watch him practice. And they were not impressed with their practices. They said their practices were not intense. They didn't practice tackling. And the whole, you know, thing about Lovey being this great defensive coach, considering how hard their practices were, especially on the defensive end, he didn't understand it. So again, I think Lovey's a great guy. I think he was a great NFL coach, but if I, if his game can't translate to college, then it's not a good fit for him. Well, and that's the thing. I think like at the college level, this is the peak time for these players to really grow into NFL prospects and to grow to that next level. When you're in the NFL, I mean, you're already there. Like you still need to be coached and pushed and progressed, but like it's not college where you still have to get to that final level. And there's a lot of space between you and that final level. Um, and I think that's just what we didn't see. We haven't seen a ton of guys really progress. I mean, obviously Jake Hansen's really good. Milo Eifler's really good, but it makes me think how much higher their potential could maybe be if, you know, they were in a different situation. I think it's frustrating and it's hard to go through all those what ifs. And obviously that's not the point of this. Um, but yeah, I definitely think there needed to be a change in the program and I'm glad Josh Whitman did it. Um, could he have done it not during finals week? Yeah. I would have appreciated that Josh. <laughs> um, and I know you're not, I'm not, I know you're not considering the student journalist point of view. Um, but no, I think, the way that he talked about it, that he wanted to get ahead in kind of the coaching uh, ring and just let, uh, this was the thing that really stood out to me actually in his press conference when he was saying why he made the decision now is he wanted to give recruits a, a fair heads up with uh, early signing period starting this week on Wednesday, which I think that just like proves how like good of a guy Josh Ritman is and how much he actually like cares about athletes and cares about his players. Um, you don't always see that in like the sports business industry. So I think that was really good to see, but I'm glad it happened. I think it's time now. It's just about, okay, how do you push this program forward? I mean, this program has been in the roughs for a while now. Like this is what the third, third coaching change, fourth coaching change in the last decade-ish. Is that right? Since the turn of the century, is it? I think so. Yeah. That, that's just for a big 10 yeah. program and a power five program, that's not going to cut it. So like this needs to be the long-term solution. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I mean, it was apparent that, that um, 
like Lovey wasn't going to be here for the long term. Like, especially I feel like after um, the, the way that they started this season, I, everybody was very, you know, hyped up about last season. I mean, as you should be, you know, that's Lovey's first bowl game. But I think in reality, when in hindsight, when we look back at that season, it was a lot more fluke um, than we kind of gave it credit for at the time. I mean, they beat Wisconsin in the game. They shouldn't have beat Wisconsin in which Wisconsin, you know, fumbled and, and threw an interception in the fourth, in the fourth quarter to keep, you know, Illinois in there. They, they beat that Michigan state team where they weren't supposed to, you know, beat that Michigan state team. And then, you know, they lose to, to Iowa in a close game, you know, granted, and then they lose to Northwestern um, at home in a game that wasn't that good. And then they go and lose to Cal. So looking back at the 20, uh, the 2019 season, you're kind of thinking, okay, Illinois isn't as good as it is now. And it kind of makes sense to why they struggled this year. You know, like obviously COVID was an issue, but you have, you have teams like, like Minnesota, who I think just beat Nebraska this weekend, right. Who had however many guys on their roster that just could not play because of COVID, you know, related stuff. So Illinois definitely, except for maybe Northwestern handled COVID better than anybody else in the big 10. And, um, it's kind of hard to look back at that and, and, and think, you know, that, that, that was a huge reason of why they struggled this year. Um, obviously it, it was, it made sense in the beginning to kind of blame that with, with Brandon Peters, but even Brandon Peters didn't look good when he came back, he didn't look good before he came back, um, or before he went out, um, saying, and it's just really interesting. I'm very, you know, interested to see one, how the players react, um, this weekend against Penn State, you know, who starts at quarterback, stuff like that. Um, because, you know, this is a this is a new team. You don't know, you know, what you're going to see scheme-wise. Um, I, I don't know what to expect from this team. Um, but you got to feel for these guys. You got to feel for the rec recruits who, you know, trust the process and, and, and follow the coach they believed in. Now that coach is no longer there. Um, so, like Josh said, like, we could be entering a, a pretty dark period for Illinois football, um, given that, you know, they don't have a coach right now for next season. They are going to lose a lot of recruits. A lot of guys are going to transfer um, and they weren't good period this year. So it, it'll be it'll be very tough for Illinois fans over these next three or four years um, as a new coach comes in, implements their new system offensively, defensively, culturally, um, starts trying to get recruits and, you know, just starts that mold of, of what, you know, college football is, is it's a grind, it's a long run. Um, it's not immediate like, like it can be in, in the NFL. So um, definitely something to, to look forward to. I think um, you kind of touched on it. I just feel so bad for these guys, these football players. I mean, one, obviously just playing through a pandemic, obviously like they get the chance to play through a pandemic and like they're, I know they're all grateful for that, but like that's still hard. Josh Rippon said today in the press conference, they get up six, like they have testing 6 a.m. every morning. They get tested up to four times a day on like certain days when they're traveling or whatever. Like they've been really put through it this season. And then to, you know, not have the execution you want to have all these issues to even have your season. You don't even know if your season's being played back in August, July, um, even September, things were still shaky and, now your whole coaching staff is probably about to get wiped out. I mean, let's face it. Rod Smith will probably be gone after this. A lot of these guys will probably be gone after this week. And obviously once the new coach gets implemented, those decisions will be final and everything, but this has to be so frustrating. And I can't even just imagine to begin or like begin to imagine how they're feeling. I, this has been such a hard year for everybody I like, and I hope 
nobody like anybody Alana nation twitter or whatever gets mad at any of these guys who want to transfer any of these guys who want to move on like that is definitely their right and definitely deserve that right now i mean like who knows who the next head coach is going to be which obviously we can get into that in a minute but i just hope nobody's hard on these players and you know they i think it's nice that i hope they know that they have someone like josh whitman like who really cares about them I'm sure he's made that super apparent to them. So sure that'll help, but I don't know. This might be a really bad year or so for Illinois football or, or it could not. And I mean, that's obviously the, what you hope for. You hope this, someone comes in and really starts to turn the tides and who know who knows, maybe he'll really connect with the players and not a lot of guys leave. Um, I have a quick question for you guys over under 10 players who transfer. Not like talking about recruits decommitting. 10 players on the roster this year who transfer over under 10. Well, let, let me say this first before I answer your question to get into uh, before we like talk about a coach or anything. I think that's that's going to be really important. It's also going to be really important who they keep because I think a key guy here is going to be Corey Patterson, right? Mm-hmm. Because obviously nothing is, you know, it's not like they go hand in hand, but I think that that's going to be a big determinant in whether or not Isaiah stays. And that's probably, in my opinion, the most important person to stay because he stays, you got a QB for a few years. He doesn't, you can't rebuild in college, but you're in full rebuild mode, if you guys know what I'm saying. So if a guy like Corey stays, I would say under 10, Gabby, uh, because seniors leaving is not technically a transfer. Yeah, yeah no. for someone for their senior year, you know, that'd be a different story. But besides seniors and recruits, I'm going to say under, but I could very well see like it's, it's 50, 50 for me, but I'm going to guess under. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, it depends if Patterson stays huge, huge presence, huge, great recruiter. Um, but I could see it. I could see it over 10. One, and kind of for two reasons. One, of course, you lose your head coach. You lose uh, what you think is going to be a substantial part of your coaching staff. Um, and then two, like a lot of these guys weren't happy. I, I can't imagine they were happy with how this team was going um, this season. Obviously, a lot of, uh, you know, missed expectations and, and, and stuff like that this season. Um but I, like Josh said, I could obviously see it under, I, I forget how senior heavy this team was, how many people probably weren't going to come back anyway. What it's like almost ha- like half of this team are mm-hmm. juniors and seniors. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting, but I hope guys stay. But as Gabby said, like, I totally, totally like respect them, you know, taking their agency and, and, and leaving um, somewhere else. I honestly think it's going to be over 10. Like, I just, I don't see, because the main thing, because of what you mentioned, Brennan, is just the fact that this season wasn't good anyways. Even without a coaching change, I would have seen up to 10, like closer to 10 guys transferring anyways. And now throw in a coaching staff that you don't even know. I don't, I don't know why, I don't see a big incentive for a lot of younger guys, especially to stay, um, Unless they, like I said, you know, this a new coach really comes in and just like meshes with the players well and will just really speaks to them and they like find something really compelling in this coach. Um, I just think, I don't know. I, the question I have is for this extra year of eligibility, can you use that to transfer somewhere else? Yeah. Is that is it yeah. okay? Because I'm assuming like guys like Alex Palcheski, Doug Kramer. Um, maybe a Jake Hansen. Um, 
who guys who probably aren't NFL ready yet, especially, you know, Doug going out with an injury. We don't know the severity of that. And then Alex Palczewski is, was obviously out for the whole season. I, that's going to be the most interesting part to me is guys who do want to play an extra year, who want to use this extra year of eligibility. Do they just ride it out one more year and, you know, hope for the best or do they say, you know, nope, I'm not taking any chances on this being another bad year. I need to find success for myself and I'm leaving. Like, I think that's going to be the biggest thing um, and the biggest determinator of like where this coach really falls with the players, I think. You know, it's weird because Palcho tweeted not even a week ago, see you in Ireland. He's like, I'm back. Yeah, but that was, yeah. Yeah, he didn't know about the decision. But if I'm thinking about a guy like Palcho, a guy like Doug Kramer, a guy like Jake Hansen, I'm not sure where a better destination for them would be because if they want to transfer and go bigger i'm not sure that that they could totally get playing time if they're trying to raise their draft stock already if they go somewhere lower they'll definitely get playing time but i'm not sure that that's like the you know like the competition that they want to be proving themselves against and the attention that they're going to get so Obviously, the seniors are going to be interesting. Obviously, none of us can predict what they're going to do. But I have to say, I don't think there's anyone other than Josh Whitman that I'd want making this decision. I think that he is the best guy for the job. I think that he did a really good job with basketball, and he's only learned from there. So hopefully, Josh pulls through. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Illinois is going to have to make that coaching decision in the coming weeks and months. Um, The national search has already started. Uh, Josh, I know you were working on a piece thinking about, you know, potential candidates. Who's your favorite you're looking at right now? That is a very good question. Um, If it were a perfect world, I would probably go with Steve Steve Sarkison, I think. I I know him as Sark. He's the Alabama offensive coordinator. Yeah. He obviously was the head coach at Washington, turned them around, went to USC, had really bad alcohol problems, you know, kind of got into a really bad spot in his life got fired mid-season through there, cleaned his life up, and now he is leading an Alabama offense that is averaging 49.5 points a game. So if he is ready to be a head coach again, obviously I'd love to have him. Personally, I think he's probably going to go to a Michigan type of school because I think that he can get – he's going to be seeking a bigger bag or a bigger program, which makes sense. So if we're going to go the realistic route or more realistic route, I think the guy that I want is Lance Leopold. He's currently the head coach at Buffalo. Uh, another team that he's turned around. He is from the area. He went to Wisconsin Whitewater, coached Wisconsin Whitewater for eight years. He won six uh, six national championships there, and now he's a Buffalo. They're five and zero this year. They've made two straight bowl games. I think that he can recruit. He's a proven winner. He has no Illinois ties. That's the one thing. But if Whitman can trust him to recruit the area, he's probably my favorite, more realistic candidate. I don't know if he wants to leave Buffalo or not, but yeah. those are probably my top two of the guys that I wrote about. I'm with you um, on Leopold, definitely, just because um, I think that Midwestern connection is so important Mm -hmm. in the Big Ten. You see every single year how many recruits Illinois um, loses to schools like Wisconsin, to schools like Michigan State, Iowa, um, Northwestern. So I think if you can establish some sort of recruiting hold, not only in in the major um, Midwest, because that's going to take a lot of winning, too, um, if you can establish something in Illinois, it's going to be so important for this team. Um, my guy, um, for a couple of reasons, is Tony Elliott, who is the current OC at Clemson, uh, for a few reasons. One, he's very young. He's, he's you know, has a 
a closer connection to a lot of these guys age-wise and, and, and type of stuff. He was a college player at Clemson. So, um, you know, there's that. And then he was a part of turning the, turning the, the Clemson Tigers into what they are now. He's been there since, I think, 2011. Um, he's been there through both their, their uh, national championships. Um, and another reason is because uh, Tony Elliott is, is a black coach. I think that's super, super important um, because Levy was one of the only power five black coaches. I think um, the University of Illinois, especially with all they've tried to do this year to show that they support um, you know, progressive uh, policies towards, towards equal rights among the races, um, I think it's important that they also have an equitable, equitable coaching search. Um, and Tony Elliott has shown over the past five years that, you know, he, he can lead a Clemson offense um, to do great things. I mean, even look when Trevor Lawrence, who's obviously the greatest uh, or the best quarterback in college football right now, um, even when he was out with COVID for a couple of weeks, that offense didn't stagger or stagnate. Um, they didn't stutter. They were still really, really good. Um, and I think he's ready for something um, a little bit bigger than an OC position. Um, yeah, so my guys, Tony Elliott. I am going with the – this isn't, like, what I think is going to happen, just, like, what I would like. Um, Jim um, Leonard, the Wisconsin defensive coordinator. Is that, his, is that how you pronounce his last name? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's – it's kind of difficult obviously going within your conference because you don't always know if those guys want to uh, like leave their yeah. team to go to another team with their conference. But he, I, he's young, he's 38, which I think like having a young coach right now is so big, just connection wise. Yeah. There's just such a disconnect between generations in everything across the country right now. So I think having that young coach is huge. He's obviously done incredible things at Wisconsin, their defense is one of a kind. Um, he spent over, um, or I think around a decade in the NFL, spent the last five seasons with Wisconsin, the last four as defensive coordinator. Um, the only thing is he's obviously not from Illinois. So I think that in state recruiting, he doesn't have that connect necessarily like right away. Um, but I think he could make that. I think he, he recruits well within Wisconsin and Florida, um, which is we, Illinois has recruited well in Florida in the past and gotten a lot of good guys from Florida. So that's good. And obviously Wisconsin has one of the top recruiting classes in the country this year. So he can recruit. And that's the biggest thing that Illinois has missed over the past couple of years is that recruiting. Um, I think you are taking a little bit of a gamble because he is so young and, you know, eventually he'll probably become a head coach. I don't know if Whitman is looking at him as one right now. So I think that's the biggest downside with him is just age, I guess, if you're looking at it from an experience perspective. But I personally think the younger age is better um, for college kids now, just like I mentioned, having that level of connect and understanding of, you know, where someone's mind and intentions are really at. But I don't know. I think there's, there's so many interesting, I thought, Josh, you said like mid season, you wanted Jeff Monken. So that's what I was just about to go into. You were super in on him. I remember you were, I don't want Jeff Monken anymore. I want Todd Monken. You guys know about him. Todd Monken is the defensive coordinator of Georgia. He is from Wheaton, Illinois. There's your, there's your Illinois tie. He went to Wheaton North and then he played 
he played quarterback in college. It wasn't a big college. It wasn't U of I or anything like that, but he went to Southern Miss. They were 0-12, and in three years, he got them to 9-5. and He left for NFL, was a coordinator a couple times, and now he's the DC at Georgia. And he, I'm, I'm sorry, the OC at Georgia. And he's doing a good job. They're averaging 33 points a game. So I think that he would be higher on people's lists. Not a lot of people have mentioned Todd Munkin, but there's speculation whether or not he actually wants to be a head coach because he left, he left Southern Miss real quick. And people thought that he could have gone to like a power five job instead of the NFL. So maybe if he were looking for a power five job, uh, like if it were open that he were looking for, a head coaching job, Illinois would be more all over him. But if he were, I think that's the perfect fit because he knows how to recruit. He could recruit the area. He has a good offense and he has the Illinois tie. So that's another guy I like. Definitely. It'll be super interesting. Obviously, I don't think the Illinois job is that appealing to a lot of people, especially when you, you may, may look at Michigan, who might be looking for a new coach at the end of the season. You're looking at um, Auburn right now. Um, Arizona just opened up. So there's a lot of different coaching situations uh, that'll need to be addressed in the next few months. Um, but it's, it's, it's nice to see that there's at least a lot of options out there. Um, a lot, a lot of people, you know, have been, this year has been tested testing for a lot of people. So I think even the, even the OCs and the DCs like have gotten a lot of experience with just dealing with whatever comes their way this year. So I think all that is going to, you know, factor into a lot of head coaching, uh, experience so it'll just be really good to see what Illinois does it's just kind of, it's kind of exciting but but still like I just feel so bad for Lovey because I mean it's just tough that it didn't come together and it's tough that you know this season had a lot of high expectations which they should have like expectations should have been high um, but yeah it is what it is and that's college football um, when do you guys think that Illinois will decide do you think it'll be during February or March? I feel like February. I, I think it will get it done in two weeks. You think so? I think yeah. it's going to be before the end of the year yeah, or weeks. early January. They want, it, it was very apparent Whitman was ready to move quickly. And I think he's been thinking about this for a while. I'm sure he's had his list for this whole yeah. year. And now he's ready to go right now. I, I give just, it two weeks, Max, for I sure. I just hope they don't rush the situation. Um, I think it's very, very important because, you know, it's, you hire a guy, this, this has a lot riding on it, right? Whitman has been very successful with the basketball team and that's obviously really good for him, but you know, you have to get this right or it'll be a decade plus of bad Illinois football. um, Because as we talk about like, like football coaches in, in college take a long, long time because you have to establish that basic recruiting, you have to establish your system. Um, so I think if they, I hope they don't rush into a decision because, you know, the next five, six years of Illinois football really ride on it um, for them to get it right. So it'd be interesting. You know, Brennan, you said that you don't think the Illinois job is very appealing. And to an extent, I agree with you. But in some ways, it can be appealing, right? Because Illinois has a natural recruiting base. They can definitely pay you. We can't, I don't think we can write a blank check yet because of Corona and all that stuff, but we can pay you. There's facilities, there's a natural recruiting bait base and it is the big 10 i think it's a top four at least job available again arizona michigan and auburn probably hey how fun would gus melzon be um Mm -mm. but no i was kidding i don't want him (laughs) but i do like i think that the illinois job is more appealing than we think gabby you did this on the uh on the zoom with me josh whitman said there were there are people that would walk over broken glass to have this job 
You don't think so, it's appealing? I, I think it's appealing. appealing. It's a I big well, a it's a, big okay. Ten team. I think I think what's what's appealing about it is that it's a Big Ten team. It's e- like I feel like if they ever get to the level that Northwestern is, it's easy to win over the state. Well, I, I think the only reason it's not appealing is because Northwestern's stealing our recruits. Yeah, I think, that's I think the, the reason it's not appealing is that everybody's stealing our recruits. Wisconsin steals a lot of Illinois guys. Iowa steals a lot mm-hmm. of Illinois guys. Basketball. And if you're looking at Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, um, those like it's going to be hard to recruit in Illinois. You're going to have to do a lot of work to turn that around. And then I think it's also just not appealing. Just I, I just don't feel like Illinois right now or in the last, what, 20 years has been in the upper echelon of, of college football or even Big Ten football. They made a Rose Bowl, Brendan. But I think – That's that one year. I think that's why it's appealing. I, to me, that's why it's appealing is there's so much potential – for this to be a good program. It's not, it's not right now. It is not a good program. It has not been a good program in a lot of recent history, but it's set up, like there is so much great potential for it to be a good program. So in why like not the recruiting base? Like I in the see... recruiting base, new facilities now, you have a really facilities. good athletic like... department. Okay, you have, you have okay, a you really have a good... strong athletic department really good people who are willing to back you up. Josh Whitman backed up Lovey Smith. I agree. The hardest I've ever seen a person back them up. There's just so much support, recruiting base facilities. There's already talent on the roster. If you're able to maintain that, I just, why not want to be the guy who comes in and changes a whole big 10 power yeah, five program? I'm why not? Why not want to be that guy? One when I there's, totally agree with you, Gabby. When there's, or a woman. Or a woman. I'm for a yeah, woman. Sure. Why not? But when there's other jobs out there that are more appealing, which if Michigan opens up 100% more appealing, Auburn opens up, that's more appealing. Two, the fact that there's a recruiting base, but it's going to be so hard to steal back from Wisconsin, from Iowa. from But from not Michigan if you're a Michigan good State. recruiter. It's, you're I mean, underestimating it's how good the recruiters at Wisconsin and Iowa are. They've been stealing uh, Illinois talent for the last two decades like that's just is what it is well like, yeah and that's and fine. they're not like wisconsin and iowa are gonna be at the top of the big 10 for a while it, there's no real reason that they would yeah but if you're regress. just naturally a good recruiter not saying it's gonna be easy or that you're just right i'm just flip saying the switch in a year but like you can build that quicker and like you can yeah, build you could, that quickly you could always build it but i just don't see it like being I think there's like a, a ton of appeal to be this coach. I don't and know. I just don't feel there's it. There's also just, yeah, there's always going to be the Michigan, the Auburn that looks more appealing, but like how many programs get, you know, like Indiana, like turned around like that. You know what I mean? Like there's programs that you can really make a switch, not like in a year, but like in a couple years. And like, I don't know. I just think a big time program that you can succeed and you're not in the same half is Ohio state and things like that. Like you have potential, obviously Northwestern's good. And, you know, they usually take the big 10 West, but you can compete with that level, especially if you have a guy who can recruit in state like Northwestern can. This is going to be a very hot take, but stick with me here for a minute. How appealing really is the Auburn football job right now? All right. Let me explain myself just for a minute. You okay, compete, I think where I knew where you're going. You compete with the Alabama recruits, the LSU recruits, the Texas recruits, recruits the Ole Miss, the Tennessee, Kentucky. I get that about three of those are on the download right now. There's thing number one. Number two, and that you guys are going to agree with me here because this is obvious. The Auburn athletic department is crazy. Bruce sure. Pearl is their basketball coach right now who is a cheater and a scumbag. He's not a good person and he's a cheater. Okay? Yeah. 
their football team is expecting to go 11 and one minimum every single year. And they fired Gus Malzahn and should Malzahn have probably gone. Yeah. He's not that good of a coach. How appealing really is that job right now? I mean, with the recruits you have to compete with and the craziness of not only the fans, but the athletic department, if I were Luke fickle at Cincinnati, I am not going to, I'm not going to Auburn. I think it's appealing because one, there's recent enough success and two, just the South is, so much better at producing athletes well it's a different culture right yeah it's a different culture like football culture is a lot better down there all high like it we know about the south and football and how great like most of the good players come from the south so there's a there's so much better of a recruiting base down there there's recent history and yeah because of that i feel like it's way more appealing than having to come up with to illinois and and fight for offensive and defensive linemen when Wisconsin, who always has a great line, when Iowa, who always has a great defense, is, is right breathing down your neck, stealing your recruits. I like the chase. I'd rather okay. have the chase. Have the and chase. I, I agree with. For four years. I agree with what Josh is saying about the whole, you know, Alabama, LSU. Like yeah, always, yeah, of course. Of course, the Auburn job is still appealing. I think it's still appealing, and I think coaches will still want it. But I is Illinois the most appealing program out there? No, they're not. But I think they are a program that a coach could look at and be like, I, I can make this work. I can do this. And I don't know. It'll be really interesting. I trust Josh, Josh Whitman a lot. I think he knows his, not that necessarily his job rides on the next football coach, mm-hmm. but if fans and donors are going to continue to put trust in Josh Whitman and give them money for all these big facilities, obviously football is not the end all be all basketball is doing real really well non-revenue sports thrive here always um so it's not the end all be all for Josh Whitman but I think he knows that if he wants to continue to improve the football facilities improve the football stadium this next coaching decision is huge for him and I think he'll make it in a timely manner but I also think he even mentioned himself like yeah, what do we want to have new head coach this week? No, are we going to rush it? No, we're not. So I think they clearly have a good plan put in place. I don't think they would have made the move now if they didn't um, or if he didn't. So I'm as much as I did like Lovey and I liked talking to him. I think he was always super respectful and classy. Every Everyone says that about him. I'm sad to see him go. I think he's a great guy, but I'm very excited to see what Josh Whitman can come up with, see who he can grab um, and kind of see where this program goes. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for the it's, future. Yeah. Change always brings excitement, but there's also like a little dread that's like. Sometimes man, divorce is good. Love you, Smith. Yeah. I think we've got to be prepared to cover a pretty bad football team next year. Yeah. It, I, they'll be bad next year. I think there's not. I'm ready. You know, the storylines, storylines will be great next year. Yeah, they'll be cool. Phenomenal. It'll just, yeah, I mean, they'll be bad. They'll I'm excited. They'll lose a lot of recruits. They'll lose a lot of games. Um, but, hey, they play in Ireland next year. That'll be cool. And then we could be alumni hopefully, hopefully. when they're finally good. And I'm sure that's what they thought, the people who graduated in 2016 <laughs> when Lovey got hired. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I can't wait to come back here in two years when they're about to win the Big Ten. And it didn't happen. Um, well, maybe it'll happen for us. Yeah, I'm not going to bet on it, though. Hold on, Hope. Don't be a pessimist. I'm not a pessimist. You're I'm being just pessimistic. A, I'm not a huge Illinois football fan, so I'm a realist. I'm also a realist. No, you're, you're the least realist person. I'm a blind optimist. Basically, I'm an Illinois sports fan. Yeah. I mean, like, I like when they do well, but I also, like, 
it just doesn't look great for the next few years of Illinois football. Hopefully I'm wrong, though. I love being wrong when teams succeed. Um, but that'll lead us to the end of this episode, this little um, ragtag emergency podcast that we had to do because Lovey Smith. Wee, wee, Morgan C. Anyway. Uh, that That's what great. we should have put at the beginning. I'm not going to put that in the beginning. Maybe, maybe I'll, no. Wee, wee. I just gave you another. I would just download, I would just download a siren sound. I think Brett, I do better. Put a mute button on Gabby next time. A mute button? I'll I'll put her on her own computer. Me and Gabby are sharing a computer right now. I'll put her on her own computer so she can mute mute herself. Um, but <laughs> she just that's weird. Um, but yeah, that has been another episode of Daily Alana Sports Podcast. Uh, please rate and review and subscribe. Five stars only. Five stars only. If you're not gonna put five stars, text me about it. We can discuss. <laughs> um but <laughs> i'm gonna have words to say um please leave constructive criticisms no don't leave it under text me constructive yeah text leave the praise in the comments text me you know personally um please let me know if you would like the siren sound instated into the podcast i can make it work let me know for me for josh not for gabby because she's on mute right now this has been